different period than we've experienced. We have to do something about it. We now have to do so. We have to act. We can't wait and play games and nothing gets done. And I really believe that the people, this is bipartisan, it's a bipartisan meeting, and we're going to discuss safe schools, and we can really get there, but we have to do it. We don't want to wait two weeks, three weeks, four weeks, and people sort of forget, and then we go back on, and then we have another problem. We want to stop the problems from having. So Trump did one of his things yesterday where he leaves the cameras in there for the discussions, which I just I wish we'd do more often. It's, uh, it's something to watch, but headlines like Trump stuns lawmakers with calls for gun control. Is it uh, a refreshing way to try to, to lead a discussion by throwing out a whole bunch of different things that... You know, aren't uh, uh, a, a coherent ideology, or is it, or is it mucking up the words? I don't know. What we've done in the past hasn't ever gotten us anywhere, right? Well, let's drag Mike DeBonis into the discussion. Mike is a congressional reporter for the Washington Post, and has teamed up with Ann Gearin and Sun Min Kim on a piece in the Post this morning about that uh, televised meeting yesterday. Hello, Mike. How are you, sir? Hey, doing well. Thanks for having me. Hey, uh, no matter what anybody has to say or think about Donald Trump, he is unquestionably a wild card and is doing things differently. Yeah, I think that uh, it'd be hard to argue with that statement. Um, <laughs> this was, uh, this was uh, another instance of one of these sort of freewheeling um, uh, meetings that he's had in the White House where he gets a whole bunch of people together and they... They sort of everyone sort of throws out what they're thinking, and uh, you know the president certainly chimes in with what he's thinking, and everyone's left at the end wondering what what the heck just happened, and uh, certainly no no difference in this case, um, and we're you know the, the rest of us who kind of sit here and try to figure out how Washington works are are wondering uh, whether what, what the long term effect of this is going to be is is he really going to get behind some of these ideas. Well, uh, that he threw out that are, in many cases, uh, anathema to, to Republicans to his own party. Well, as Jack referenced, though, a couple of seconds ago, uh, the process as it used to occur had gotten nowhere for a very long time. And so, you know, it's sure. kind of refreshing to see things thrown up in the air a little bit. But uh, Trump uh, said things you haven't heard out of a Republican president, hell, or a Republican congressman, for that matter, for a very long time. Yeah, or a Democratic president, Democratic Congress member. I, I couldn't tell you the last time I've heard a Democrat say, hey, let's take the guns and uh, do due process later. Uh, I think uh, if, if any Democrat had said that, they'd be uh, they'd be uh, subject to impeachment or recall. Uh, well, and I'd probably know, be cases. yelling for it, honestly. Well, but, but, yeah. but the different thing with Trump is I heard one U.S. senator, I wish I remembered the name, uh, on one of the shows this morning said, and he was a Democrat. He said, um, I have learned, as a lot of people have told me over the over the recent years, that you take Trump seriously, not literally. And what I t- took from what Trump said yesterday is he's willing to do something. So, so I think the way you have to take Trump is he doesn't really mean that. Or if somebody explains to him that you can't do that, I mean, <laughs> he, he does, you know, that's not going to happen, the whole doing away with due process. But he does seem to be right. interested in some change in what we've done in the past. Yeah, I mean, it, clearly he has a, um, a habit of uh, uh, talking first and thinking later, I think is, it might be uh, one way to put it. Um, I, you know, I think that he he does like to say what's on his mind. Uh, I think that he, you know, his his bias is 
towards doing something, getting things done, at least in the, in the moment. Uh, you know, we've, we've seen plenty of instances where, uh, that happens though, and then he sort of gets walked back into the uh, the usual uh, stance, the usual posture uh, after the fact. Once uh, you know his allies come to him and sort of lay out the broader situation, um, I think that there's a lot of fear that that's what's going to happen uh, in this case. Uh, but you know, we'll see. I mean, you know, he he did, he said some pretty. Um, you know, compelling things in terms of, you know, we, you know, we, he basically said to a senator, "You're you're afraid of the NRA." Um, he, he seemed to indicate a willingness to 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 buck the NRA's wishes and uh, and, and do that in a in a in a different way for a Republican president. And we'll see if there's any follow through on that. Mike DeBonis of the Washington Post online. Mike, uh, let's play uh, complete the sentence. The if you're willing, the momentum really seems to be toward what in terms of gun policy? Well, something involving background checks, and then the question is: is, is it going to be ju- the, the 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 very narrow fixed nicks idea, which basically would make sure that everything that's supposed to get reported into the national instant criminal background check system gets reported, or is it going to be something more along the lines of the of the the so-called Mansion Toomey legislation, which would require background checks for a wider range of gun transactions, you know, at, including at gun shows, including at uh, internet sales, and basically any any transaction between private parties that doesn't involve uh, be, it being between family members, you'd have to go and get a background check. And that's what uh, Democrats pushed and some Republicans pushed in 2012-2013 after Sandy Hook. Um, it did not advance then, and there is some uh, some effort, some momentum be, be behind trying to get that going again. Okay, now. what's the pushback on universal background check? Because it polls incredibly well, like depending on how you ask the question, anywhere from 80 to almost 100% of people are for a universal sure. background check. So what's the political risk for Republicans and Democrats to, to pass that? The NRA and the, the gun lobby opposed that in 2013 because it said it, it would not solve the problem of mass shootings. It that doesn't make out. mathematical sense to me when people throw out, but the NRA is against it. Okay, well, if 90% of people are for something, it doesn't matter what the yeah. NRA says. Yeah, but NRA members show up to vote always. Exactly. So. Uh, voter intensity. You think that would outweigh 90% approval for something? It could, it's, yeah. It's, it's a hugely important part of the conservative Republican coalition and uh, for, for Republicans who are faced with and either every two years or every six years having to run in a Republican primary, they want that A rating from the National Rifle Association. If they don't have it, it gives some somebody out there something to run against them on. And there there is some evidence that uh, if, if you're not on the right side of the issue, you're putting your electoral future at risk. And Freaking cowards. To, to discount. Do what you think is right, you cowards. Uh, Mike DeBonis of the Post is. is online. Hey, well, Mike, that, uh, yeah, go ahead. And that, that's what was important about what the president was saying yesterday, which is what, you know, he's basically saying, go do the right thing and I'll give you cover. Um, now, the, the question is, is whether that uh, breaks through in any any way, if there's going to be any follow through. Yeah, and I'm not saying this in a cynical way, but in a practical way, those people say, you'll give me cover like you gave to uh Luther Strange, and then, uh, you know, the the whole primary, then Roy Moore and the rest of it. uh, I'm not sure your cover is so great. But uh, on another topic, uh, was any 
attention addressed to what Jack and I have said for a very long time is at the core of the school shooting problem, which is a, a societal, a cultural breakdown, a, 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 the idea that it's okay to express your anger by killing a bunch of people. And if you do that, you'll become world famous. You'll be on the news. Your list of gripes will be aired by all of the networks. Um, was there any attention yep. given to that? There was a number of uh, folks who were in the meeting. I know Senator Grassley uh, mentioned that. I think uh, I heard a couple of the other lawmakers bring it up. Um, and, and, yeah, I think that there's a recognition that, you know, something's, something's wrong there. Now, the, 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 what you run into is you can't legislate culture. You can't, you know, there's no uh, bill that's out there to change the way people think about these things. Um, and that makes it for people who want Congress to do something, uh, it makes it hard to point to anything that could be done, uh, in a very, uh, neat and, uh, you know, easy manner to, to address that. And I think that that's, uh, you know, you certainly the Democrats in the room, like the, the Chris Murphy's and other folks say, uh, we, we understand there may be a problem there, but, there's another the other problem that we know that we could do take action to do something involve, about involves guns and involves background checks and other things. Well, I personally think it's awful that most of America looks to Washington D.C. to solve its problems, but people do, and therefore, you know, if the opinion leaders in the country from the president on down were united in this message, I think just uh, in a bully pulpit way they could get something done. Uh, not through legislation, but uh, you're absolutely right. Mike DeBonis, congressional reporter of the Washington Post. Hey, Mike, thanks a million. We appreciate the uh, time and enjoyed the chat. No problem. Thanks for having me. Good to talk. Thanks. I honestly believe it. I honestly believe if you if you made it uh, uh, enough public pressure that people stop putting their pictures out there and all that sort of stuff, I think that would actually have an effect. Right. None, none of the particular gun laws that they're talking about, I think, that unlikely that they will. And what if every bit of coverage was soaked in anger, disapproval, and, like we say, stupid, angry coward? The stupid, angry coward who thought his uh, his gripes were more important than everybody else's gripes, because everybody has gripes. The stupid, angry coward thought he got to hurt people. If the, if the cultural reaction was universal in that way, especially from the opinion leaders, that would make a difference. Witness drunk driving, violence and spousal abuse, beating of children, beating of dogs. You know, I could probably go on and come up with a few more examples. Purely a societal agreement that something is wrong. And I'd love to see him pitching that. But again, you know, I've got to overcome my revulsion at the idea that we have to look to the beltway to solve all of our problems. Boy, if nothing happens... If nothing happens on guns, and maybe you don't want anything to happen on guns, but if nothing happens on guns, well, can we not have this conversation again next time? And I hope there's not a next time. But Yeah, I hear you. <sighs> Trump's something. He is. He is. This is one interesting cat. And he is. Listen, this is self-congratulatory, but if we don't do it, who's going to do it? Our giant advertising campaigns, all the billboards? No. We told you what Trump was during the campaign. And I think we're right. He's not Hitler. He's not a savior. He's not really a conservative right down the line. He's all sorts of stuff. He's a nut. And he's going (laughs) to shake up Washington, D.C. and do some really good stuff. Yeah, well, I I like getting the conversational jazzed up.
Why not? All right, our text line is 415-295-KFTC, 415-295-KFTC. If you're having a crisis, is the best way to get to the hospital Uber as opposed to an ambulance? Might be. Oh, this is valuable knowledge. Among other things we can talk about coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. In my direction So thankful for that It's such a blessing, yeah Turn every situation into heaven, yeah Oh, oh you are My sunrise on the darkest day Got me feeling some kind of way Make me wanna savor every moment Slowly, slowly You fit me, tell me I don't speak Spanish It's Justin Bieber's birthday He's 24 uh, but I think he's singing in English. And at one point in this song, they well, they sing lots of Spanish. Ah, yes. And at one point, it sounds like they're saying burrito, burrito, which I don't think they are. I do enjoy a good burrito. But that's what they, we sing at my house. Burrito, burrito. Perfect. Sounds delicious. Hey, we got to talk about the fact that the president utterly humiliated Attorney General Jeff Sessions again. Yeah, we should get into Enhanced it. him in public. Good Lord. So the Oscars are Sunday night. Jennifer Lawrence is wearing a $4 million dress. That's Woo-wee! That's expensive. Uh, she probably bought it on layaway, I'm guessing. She's 27 years old. She was featured on 60 Minutes on uh, Sunday night. And uh, well, she's the highest paid actor in the world. So, you know, you, you can justify a story about that, I suppose. But she's got yeah, a new, she's got a new sure. movie out. Uh, Red Sparrow, which is getting some horrible reviews. Mm. I mean, like I read a review the other day. I think it was the New York Times that it's just, just like a com- like one of the worst movies ever. Yeah, like just unbelievable. How did this ever get made? Bad. The books are really, really good, but I could easily picture how they turn into terrible movies. Huh. Yeah, I was kind of hoping it'd be good if I ever see it someday because I like you know the idea of a Russian spy thriller. But right, know, whatever. What are you gonna do? Yeah. Yeah. Just, yeah. Which some people are thinking that's why she's talking about boobs on 60 Minutes. Did we play that clip? We had we had that clip the other day. The uh, you know don't go to this movie if you don't like boobs. Mm. You know she mm. might be uh, playing up that angle because you know the reviews are going to suck. So maybe if I tell everybody you see my boobs, more people will go. Right. Come and see my boobies. Which by the way, if you get in your car, drive across town, spend fifteen dollars for the two of you to see Jennifer Lawrence's boobs, you got a weird lifestyle in my opinion. If you if you really need that sort of thing, there's there's some of it on the internet. <laughs> oh boy! Ah, uh, so uh, moving that'd along, be, that'd be really disappointing to make a movie, and then when you get done, you look at it and you think, God, this is terrible. Yeah, I know. It's so interesting to me how that happens. I don't watch a lot of movies, but I really, really respect the art of making them. Um, and and yeah, I've heard directors say, good directors, really quality directors say, we had this great script, we had a terrific cast, shoot went well. And then we looked at the finished product and said, this is terrible. Well, I would think the director would know, but but the actor, I can certainly see how as you're just acting in various right. scenes, you wouldn't have the slightest idea. Looking at the camera saying, when are you going to come home? Cut. You know, and, and then, then a week go, later, right. you're in, you know, you're up in a mountain in the snow. I'm so cold. Right. I don't think I'm going to make it. And right. then another week later, you're somewhere else. Yeah. How would you know what the final movie is going to look yeah. like? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then you watch it and you think, this sucks. This is terrible. Well, dang it, I'm dreading the Oscars this weekend. So speaking of award seasons, and speaking of California, the Golden State just took home a prize 
that uh, nobody wants. California ranks dead last among U.S. states in quality of life. (laughs) So according to a study by U.S. News, ranking only behind pathetic New Jersey and and, and, uh, disgusting Indiana. So what are their criteria? An excellent question. I have delved deeply into this. You're going to be a little bitchy. Well, why would I tell you how you're going to be? Let me just, because I'm trying to approach, I'm trying to prepare myself mentally and emotionally for Jack's onslaught. All right, here we go. Um, so the, uh, oh, that's rambling. The 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 quality of life has to do with. Let me, let me throw out an example. Often when I see the reverse of this. And they say the best place to live is, you know, California or something like that. And then uh, you look at the criteria and like 30 percent of it is how many um, electric charging stations do they have for cars right. or something right. like that. This one is a little <laughs> questionable, too, but I will tell you it tracks states air quality pollution and pollution, voter participation, mm. social support and social engagement. How connected you are to the people around you. Is the air any good? Blah, blah, blah. So it's, you know, the, the other criterion, criteria uh, include fiscal stability. That's, a, that's perfectly legitimate. Crime and corrections. Obviously a good one. Infrastructure. How about cost of living? Is that in there? Opportunity. The economy. Education. Healthcare. I believe the economy, uh, cost of living, is a... Uh, it would have to be. Oh, no, in opportunity, it measures poverty, housing, affordability, equality equality for women, please, minorities, <laughs> and people what? with disabilities. What? what? <sighs> that was Joe, since you can't tell our voices apart. That was Joe's voice dripping with a, with a tongue dipped in misogyny. <laughs> <laughs> but it tastes so good. <laughs> oh, no. I, just, I was thinking of uh, states that have perhaps more... Um, more uh, traditional lifestyles, more stay-at-home moms are going to have less, quote-unquote, equality for women. There will be some sort of statistic oh. that will indicate that blah, blah, blah. So what state uh, is the most livable, according to this, if California is dead last? DFL. Beautiful, slightly chilly North Dakota. Yeah. I'll stay where I am, thanks. I don't, well, I don't you have that. no idea, do you? How much time have you spent in North Dakota, sir? None. Well, there you go. Yeah. The voice of ignorance, everybody. Hope you enjoyed it. California DFL, as we said. Why did you just jump around? God, what, I hate what? websites to jump around. What about my quality of life? Now, I would gladly live in North Dakota. I'm from South Dakota. but um, Which one has the Rushmore? Uh, South Dakota. Okay. I would have to say that if you got a list that what says what states are the most livable, and you have the most populated state where people have chosen to go as the least livable, and like the least populated state, <laughs> as the best, where yes. nobody's choosing to go. Right. I'm not sure your criteria match up with human needs. People are fools. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we will be fine for me, but apparently most people not. We will have uh, more on this poll, and actually break some of it down for you okay. in the next hour or two. What's coming up in your news, Marshall? Uh, we got more questions about law enforcement's handling of the Florida school shooting. Coming up minutes from now, Armstrong and Getty. Oh, Good. Yeah. Huge topic. Understudied. Oh, yeah. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Mm-hmm. 
I think it is definitely worth taking a look at this ranking of states thing, because it's interesting and kind of fun, but uh, in defense of the Golden State, it ranks number 32 overall. Dead effing last in quality of life, but like number four in economy, number 11 in health care. Well, economy is why most people end up somewhere, right? Right. And, and they're going to try to. Well, right. And, you know, it's like we say about uh, the economy or about education or marriage or sex or a hundred other things. The average has nothing to do with you. I suggest you you craft your life so that maybe you, you live in a state that's 33rd in education, but you find a really good school district and be an active participant in your child's education. And then for you, you're not in the 33rd state. So, yeah. Matt I just love Indiana. Oh, there you go, Hillary. If only she'd been president. Um, let's get the news now, Marshall Phillips. Well, i got to tell you, he is not letting up. We're just getting word that President Trump has scheduled another White House meeting on school safety for today. The White House bills it as a closed meeting. It's offering no further guidance, but he is staging another major meeting. What do you think's driving Trump on this? Is it, um, be perfectly reasonable? You're just so sickened by these school shootings and you're president and you want to see if you can do something about it. Hell yeah, absolutely. That's part of it. Um, or does, or, or, I guess it'd be the same thing, kind of. If he just recognizes that America is sick of these yeah. school show- shootings and wants to do something about it, and he's the president. Yeah, that's part of it. Uh, also, let's face it, and sometimes people do the right thing for maybe not exactly the right reason, but he fancies himself the great deal maker. And next to maybe bringing peace to the Middle East, getting some real progress on gun policy and stopping right. school shootings... That would be a huge feather in his cap. Oh, that's right. You're going to do the story about how many of these, uh, how bad the sheriff's department yep, was. Go yep, ahead. Yep. Yeah, I mean, Trump is looking at it. Chaos on my watch? No more. I mean, I mm-hmm. can just see him thinking like that. Right, that's so, fine. Every president's driven by legacy to some extent. Right. It's okay. We do have another possible black eye in how local law enforcement dealt with the Florida school shooter. A new report is saying that Broward County Sheriff's deputies were initially ordered to stage outside and not enter the Florida high school and engage the shooter. Fox News is reporting a commanding officer on the scene apparently ordered some of the initial responders to again stage and set up a perimeter outside of the high school. Wow. Running exactly counter to the universally agreed upon new con uh, new uh New tactics in the wake of Columbine, right. well, that, et cetera, et cetera. Well, then what is the sheriff? Because after it came to light that one of his deputies stayed outside, he said, you know, that's disgraceful. I would have gone in myself. I'm we teach them to, my to go stomach. in. I'm yep. sick to my stomach. Yep. Right. So what is all that well, talk? Well, he's, in addition to being corrupt, he's a liar, or so it would seem. And I'm telling you, this has been so underappreciated. We went big on this a couple of days ago in the second half of the show, I think, that Broward and Miami-Dade counties had gone hardcore after this don't arrest kids policy. The Obama administration was big on this. They rewarded them with money and with accolades. And and I have all sorts of links to newspaper articles giving that sheriff, those school districts, accolades for we're ending the classroom-to-prison pipeline. We're not arresting kids for crimes. We're counseling them. We're helping them. And they were obsessed with this stuff. And to the point where a kid would be plainly violent, plainly troubled. He would threaten school shootings. People would say, I'm, this guy's going to shoot up the school. But they're so obsessed with their statistics and their money and their accolades, they willfully ignored it. And we got an email from a law enforcement agent who said, 
I think the 20-minute delay on the security footage is because that enabled them to edit it as necessary. They were also hiding evidence of crimes. They were changing burglaries into found uh, items so they wouldn't have to arrest the kids. There was a giant policy of covering up crimes by students for the reasons I've already enunciated. Yeah, the 20-minute delay on the security camera. Everybody's wondering what that was all about. Right. Also, CNN dug this up because news organizations are having to go to the records there in Broward County because they're a bunch of liars, particularly that sheriff. Um, They received at least 45 calls about the shooter's family, not 23 Wow. As the Broward County Sheriff's Department uh, uh, admitted So twice to. as many. That's a slight mistake. 45 times they got calls about the Florida shooter's family. That's unbelievable. So I don't know how we work this out, but if that doesn't trigger something, pardon the expression, if that doesn't accomplish something... Right. Then nothing's going to. we got to quit talking about it. Well, and let's go to the FBI again. They get a tip on this kid, specifically. Name, address, intent. They can't, like, say, where does he live? Broward County? They Check the Broward County records. Google his name. They can't do that? Or they didn't do that? God, that's just shocking. Meanwhile, Kroger's Fred Meyer stores will no longer be selling guns and ammo to people younger than 21 years old. The chain saying in their statement it's taken a hard look at its policies and procedures for firearm sales. Freddie Meyer joining Walmart and Dick's. Walmart made a similar move yesterday. They raised the age to buy a gun from 18 to 21. Walmart's the big one. Yes. I mean, they're, geez, they're, they're, they're a whale compared to minnows with all these other announcements. Um, that's that's huge. Public pressure, I guess, yep. or or whatever. And I must must point this out. Science now says science, as if science is one thing, uh, that adolescence lasts till at least twenty six in the modern world. Okay, you can't buy a gun until right. you're twenty one. Meanwhile, a lot of Democrats want the voting age lowered to sixteen because children are so easily fired up and manipulated. Make the voting age right. twenty five. Somebody reminded me. I'd forgotten. The voting age was 21 until the 70s. Yes. Mm-hmm. It was changed in the 70s, so it's not. Promoted by a liberal. Crazy well, unprecedented well, to have part a... of it. Now, part of it was the Vietnam War. It was the Vietnam War. And if you can be drafted at 18, you should be able to vote at 18. Hell, hell, hell yes. Hell yes. yes. Without yeah. disagreement from anybody with a brain. Yeah. An excellent point made by conservative firebrand Marshall <laughs> Phillips. But since we don't have the draft, how about right. voting goes back up to 21? <laughs> One last note, there is now a weed party bus in San Diego. It is called the Cannabus, and it's what That's you will... very clever. <laughs> you're a, a fan of marijuana, and you're not impressed by that name. And they're putting Let's together... Let's not be outing people on the air. <laughs> <laughs> no, I buy all their albums. They're fantastic. Huge uh, fan. Huge fan. W- anyway, well played. Anyway, it's the first of a, a number of uh, endeavors by the West Coast Cannabis Tour Company. They're, uh, you know, it's not illegal to buy pot in uh, California anymore as long as you're 21 years old. But indulging and driving, that is still not okay. Certainly not. Bus is classified like a party bus, but where alcohol is allowed for folks in the back, now you can light up. So it's March the 1st. I'm living in miserable, miserable Indiana, according to the rankings I was looking at earlier. I can fly to San Diego get baked and jump on a bus and, like, get taken to the beach and 
La Jolla and, and up into the mountains and, and toke away and see the sights of a uh, cannabis. Yes. yes. Oh, a can. Yes, please. Yep. Says uh, the, every stoner in Indiana. Yeah, and passengers will be driven Take a to surfing lesson. Go down <laughs> to the border, please. Passengers. All, all get, of this corporatization yes. of what used to be like a badge of counterculture feels very much like when my parents started getting on Facebook. Uh-huh. Like, like it's this. No. It's like when your favorite band becomes popular, right. yeah, it's, takes it's, the fun out of it. It's like you don't need to buy. Like just get a friend with a van, and like I don't know. <laughs> yeah. like, I like to get a certified uh, can of bus driver, though. Exactly. You know, he's straight. He's exactly. not exactly. Uh, no, not if twisted. he doesn't dress like Otto from The Simpsons. I'm not doing it. <laughs> he's not. All, he's not all potted up and getting behind the wheel. Thank you, Marshall. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips. The Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. I can tell you've been working on your delivery. That's really good. Jimmy Kimmel, host of the Sunday Night Oscars, was asked about last year's mishap, of course, which was the all-time greatest, where they announced the wrong best picture. He said, they asked him what has been put in place to stop it from happening. He said, I want to see it happen again. (laughs) Which is hilarious. babe. I do, too. Plus, the best state's overall ranking. How good or crappy is your state? Stay with us. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Down in sweet if I could sing like Robert Plant, I'd never shut up. So if the world is grateful, I can't. Got a lot of texts about guns. Oh, yeah. I've got some great, persuasive, insightful emails about the whole situation. I just I, That doesn't mean... You can't do it for a whole show. No, and that doesn't mean that's what most of you want to hear, because uh, fortunately, I think we're aware that the sort of person that will text or email is much more active on various things than the audience at large. Sure. But, you know. I'll tell you what. Uh, I, I don't know how the whole country reacts. I don't know how I react. Next time I get a breaking news, some school somewhere in the country where 12 kids have been murdered again. Right. <sighs> yeah. Uh, yeah. It's God, that just that sentence made me sick. Yeah. Yeah. It's rough, 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 rough. Um, I think uh, the drift away from religion has absolutely been part of it. I hear some of my atheist friends saying you don't need religion for morality. No, but it really, really helps. Drift away from social engagement, real personal relationships. That's been huge. These social pressure. These are all things you can't legislate at all. Nope. Well, no, no. Well, you can't around the edges, but that'd be quibbling. You're right. Uh, so your best states ranked by U.S. News and World Report, which only ranks things now. They've done enormous damage to the whole system of colleges and universities and higher education by ranking them. And the colleges and universities becoming obsessed with the rankings to the expense of many other things that actually matter. People but let's like dive lists. in nonetheless. I like lists. I love lists. I'm I know a, this, a, and I can't wait to get to I'm it. I'm a sucker for a list. Yeah. So they rank the states on... You know, I could get into the methodology. It's thorough. You might not agree with it, but it's really thorough. They rank the states on health care, education, 
the economy, opportunity, infrastructure, crime and corrections, fiscal stability, and quality of life in general, which we talked about a little bit earlier. Um, and then assigned you know weights to each of those categories based on God knows what. Um, but then came up with an overall ranking. My quality of life has always been uh, pretty much tied to how good a job I have. So I go wherever I can get a really the best job. Yeah. My own personal quality of life. Right, right. That's huge. And then, you know, once you're fed, clothed, and insured, it's the quality of your relationships, isn't it? Sure. Um, It means virtually everything. Nonetheless, the list. Number one. Idiots out walking around. Iowa. Yeah. I got a, one of my uh, one of Sam's friends. They're moving to Iowa here as soon as the school year ends up. Taking the whole family. Wow. Um, Interesting. Her family's from there or something, but they're uh, they're going to Iowa and, like, going to pay cash for their house or something. I love Iowa. I haven't, you know, I've spent some time there, but your family's from there. My whole family's from there. Yeah. Uh, number two, Minnesota. Number three, Utah. Utah ranks super low on opportunity, but very, very high on education, economy, uh, fiscal stability, infrastructure, health care. So you're probably not going to get rich, but you'll you know be happy. Getting rich is overrated. It's a beautiful state, too. Oh, yeah. God. Dang oh, it. gorgeous. Yeah. North Dakota. New yeah, Hampshire. And you like the Brigham Young? You like the Brigham Young? It's a perfect state for you. The man? The university? The man. Mm. The belief system. Mm-hmm. I'm not exactly down with it, but, you know. The Bible! Doesn't bother me. That's right, the Bible, Mr. President. That's right, Mr. President. So your top ten, Iowa, Minnesota, Utah, North Dakota, ranks low on freezing to death, or high, (laughs) depending on how you look at it. (laughs) New Hampshire. Washington State, number six. Another one of our beloved States of broadcast. How much of it is just plain the less people you have, the more you're going to like it there? Well, for me, that's very high. <laughs> very high. I mean, just looking at the list. Nebraska. Number eight is Massachusetts. If I were to call it Massachusetts, would I? Would that be bad? Massachusetts what? Tush- Why would you do that? Because I always have my whole life. Oh, you have? Yeah, sure. <laughs> Can you say that? Like Dos Cacos? That's what you're saying? Pardon me? Massa dos cacas? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, my bilingual friend. That's exactly what I'm saying. Number nine, back to the northeast for Vermont. Then number one, 10, there's a mile high and more reason than what? Colorado is number 10. That was a good line, but I blew it. <laughs> then you got Wisconsin, Idaho, Maryland, South Dakota. I know I'm going too fast on this. There's o- like 60 states. Are you going to list them all? Yes. Oregon is number 16. Way to go, Oregon. Very, very high on infrastructure. That's what the, Nothing trips my trigger like infrastructure. Economy. Look at that bridge. Man, that is a well-designed bridge. Solid as a brick poo house. Healthcare is good and solid. Pretty low on education, though. So did you give me the bottom ten? Have you done that? That's where we need to go next. So, <laughs> come on now. It's all about the mockery. All right, from number 40 to the godforsaken number. Who could live there? Number 50. Ohio's 40, then Kentucky, South Carolina. Oh, I love South Carolina. It's beautiful, but it's got a lot of problems. Oklahoma. You know, I think if we had the time and interest, we could get into how 
Oklahoma suffers terribly in all these rankings from the situation on the giant Indian reservations. Yeah, but and these, how dependence on the government breeds nothing but horror. These are yeah, you, know, you rank a whole state, but I think if you live in one small town in Oklahoma, which is at the bottom, and one small town in Nebraska, which is at the top, you're yeah. not going to notice any difference, right? Alaska, in your life. Well, thanks for taking all the fun out of it. Number forty-four, Alaska. Forty-five, Arkansas. I love Arkansas. I'd move there in a minute if I could, you know, make everything work. Number forty-six, Alabama. Number forty-seven. The toothless state, West Virginia. Number 48, New Mexico. 49, always down at the bottom, Mississippi. Saw a chunk of Mississippi burning on the cable last night. Troubling movie. Troubling movie. Am I crooked letter, crooked letter I, crooked letter, crooked letter I, humpback, humpback I, Mississippi. Hmm. And number 50. <laughs> while it's uh, still there, while it hasn't eroded and being washed into the Gulf, Louisiana, DFL in America, Louisiana. Mm. Listen to the rankings of Louisiana. 47th in healthcare, 49th in education, 44th in economy, 50th in opportunity. Number one in show me your boobs for beads. 44 in infrastructure, 48th in crime and correction, 48th in fiscal stability, quality of life, 42nd. Ranks first in having a city named Baton Rouge. Number one in bios. (laughs) Ranks toward the top in washboard music. Sarah Westwood, a friend of the Armstrong and Getty show on what's Trump thinking? She, she, she's got her finger on the pulse of the president. What he's up to. Got her hand under the wig of the president. So stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty show.